0: You're listening to the pulpit of Marion Avenue Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us for today's message. For additional resources, you can visit us online at marionavenuebaptist.com or by calling 855-825-4113. The truth will make you free.
1: Take your Bibles and turn to Luke 15, please, Luke 15, as fast as you can, and we'll be off and running pretty quick here into the message, Luke 15, and I'm going to read you a very familiar portion from the Bible, and then get right into the message. Isn't it good to be a part of a church alive without the jump and the jive? Say amen. Amen wonderful to be here. You know, I I heard the wind howling this afternoon, and though it's not near as cold as it's going to get, it looked real wintry out there. And I thought about all the monstrosity of cold So Listen, it was so cold last January. I heard a scratching at my door. I went and opened the doors of my Christmas tree trying to get back in the house. I mean cold. Uh, Cold as a mother-in-law's kiss. Cold. And, uh, but you know what? And I thought, what am I doing here? And then I realized the only reason on planet Earth I'm here is because of this church. And my wife and I both know that. I'm an evangelist. I could live anywhere in America I wanted to. And I can fly in and out of a lot of towns a whole lot larger than Cedar Rapids and live 30, 45 minutes outside of town and a whole lot easier on churches, buying tickets and so forth to fly here and yonder. But uh, you know, I I like to reflect, there's a family uh, here tonight And years ago, many years ago, I'd say 30 years ago, uh, they gave up their home and two good jobs uh, to move here to this town. And one of them was asked by their employer, what do we have to do to keep you? And they said this, they said, if you can create a Marion Avenue Baptist Church in this town, we'll stay. And they couldn't do it, and they made that move. It's been 30 years ago, and they're still here, and I praise the Lord. And that could be multiplied many, many, many times, and I praise the Lord for that. Well, I need to get into the message. Can you, can you, let me just say, can you imagine how many churches have gone on for over 30 years? We were 38 here before I, I resigned uh, from the time we started a church on 38. Do you know how many of those churches just go to nothing, just go down when the pastor leaves after that long? And can you imagine what a wonderful thing it is to come home here and know that all of that work and all of those years were not in vain, Uh, that, you know, it didn't all come to naught. And I praise the Lord for that. Well, I want to get right into the message. Uh, one fellow said, I, uh, did anybody ever tell you they could listen to you all night? I said, no, they never did. And they said, well, what makes you think you can get by with it here? That's what I want to know. But anyway, and... Uh, one fellow, on, one fellow on the back row said, I can't hear you! And one on the front said, he can have my seat, buddy. I'm open now to Luke chapter number 15, Luke 15 in your Bibles, reading a very familiar portion of Scripture and pointing out some things that probably you never thought of before. Let's stand, please, everyone standing. Luke 15, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 11. Very familiar passage of Scripture But I believe you'll see something before we get done here that you've never seen before. Luke 15, verse 11, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough in despair, and I perish with hunger. I will arise, and I'll go to my father." Uh, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive, and he was lost, and is found, and they began to be merry." Now his elder son was in the field. As he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked him what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy, father, thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath res- received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in, therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, was lost, and is found. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Now, Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you'll bless us as we preach the Bible. Lord, I was sitting there a while ago looking around the auditorium at visitors, and uh, visitors uh, here that were brought by members and they were so excited and they had already told their friends that they were going to hear their pastor preach tonight. And I, can, I felt that let down myself when I took somebody to hear the pastor and yet somebody else was preaching. I pray, Lord, Lord, I, I know how that feels and I understand that. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd bless now these people not to be disappointed. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated, please. <clears throat> here was a man that had a farm. It was a working farm. Servants are mentioned. Fields are mentioned. Uh, here was a man who had a wife and a family. He had children. He had entertainment. He had, he had everything going for him. It was a perfect picture, but all of a sudden, in a split second, everything changed. The picture changed And uh, like Job, there came a day in Job's life, and everything fell apart. He had ten children, loved each other, went and feasted in each other's house. He had a good wife, and all of a sudden, his health is gone. His wife told him to curse God and die. His children all die, and one day, the picture is messed up. And oftentimes, that's the way life is. We've got our act together, but somebody messes up our act. What do you do when the pitcher goes bad? What do you do when your family goes bad? What do you do when trouble comes? What do you do with the farm? What do you do with the farm? I'm going to tell you what to do with the farm tonight. Number one, don't sell it. Don't sell it. I want you to notice verse 18 and 19. Here's what the prodigal said. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before, uh, and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Here was a young man that had full assurance that though he had been gone for years, these many years, his, his brother said these many years, that means that boy had been gone a long time. He had been gone long enough to waste an entire inheritance. He had been gone long enough to make... Uh, good friends and then lose them. He'd been gone long enough to make some bad company and then they gave up on him. He'd been gone long enough to be down by the hog pen. And after all those years, there was not a question in his mind that daddy is still at home and mama's still at home and the farm's still running and nothing has changed at home. Don't sell the farm. When, you, when your picture goes ugly, don't, I'm thinking now of a mother who was a homeschooler in this church, and something happened. I wouldn't even hint as, and, and let on to what it was, but something happened, and she wanted to quit immediately. Here, this daddy on the farm, you know, suddenly you, it takes vision and desire and grit and go and work and up early and stay up late to keep a farm running. And you can't lose your carriage. If you do, it's too much to handle. And here was a daddy, the whole picture's messed up. Good night, why do I kill myself on a farm where my own son went to the devil? Why do I do that? And I'm thinking of this mother. And she uh, she had homeschooled her children. All of a sudden, things went bad. And um, she said this, what am I doing it for? Why don't I quit? I mean, what do you kill yourself for? She wanted to sell the farm. Thank God she didn't. Thank God she didn't. She was a very discouraged at that time. No sin in her life. No sin in my life. It was my wife That's who it was years ago. You're a pastor's mother. She wanted to quit. She wanted to give up, and I didn't push her back in. I let God do that. You know, you can't smother a person. You have to let them work things out. And the children were small, and she wanted to give up. And she wanted to sell the farm. Thank God she didn't. All seven of those children are in somebody's Baptist church tonight. All seven of those children are serving the Lord tonight. Don't sell the farm. I'm thinking of a preacher I preach for in the South. I've been with him, I'd say, three or four times in the last five years. A wonderful church, a great church. You go in there, and I mean it's camp meet the style church, a big church, and I, they'll lift you straight up to heaven. And he had a son own staff, married a wonderful girl out of the church. I mean a girl that grew up in the church. And uh, her, her sisters were in the church. And they were married to people in the church. It was a wonderful family. And all of a sudden, that girl went stone nuts. I mean, she lost every brain cell she ever had. Went totally wacko. And I, that's all I'll say about it. But I will tell you this right now. Uh, this pastor, the daddy, he thought, and he talked to me about it. He was so down. And in so many words, I said, look, don't sell the farm. Don't sell the farm. Don't give up. Don't give up. And thank God he didn't give up, and I still go back there. And I'll tell you the truth, when I feel the presence of God, and I know God's in that place, I know that somebody didn't sell. I'm thinking now of another pastor that I preach for in America. And I've been with him several times. And the last time I was with him, he had, it had a staff member that left. And the staff member left, uh, was married to his daughter. And they went to another place, and they went liberal and they gave up the King James Bible for some perversion, and they gave up the m- old music that blessed the hearts of people, and that he grew up with, and got this little Johnny Get Your Rat Trap junkie music, you know that, like the curl on the pig's tail looks cute, but don't put in ham on the hog, you know what I mean, and, uh, and, and he was so troubled, and he says, I don't know what to do, and he, and he wants to fellowship with me, and, and I don't and he says, I'm so grieved at heart I, I don't know what to do, and, and it's so personal, because my daughters involved in this and naturally she agrees with him and in so many words I said don't sell the farm don't give up, don't quit, just don't quit I'm thinking now of a member of this church years ago, this had been years ago now, went to visit a son out west and came back and said he's a sodomite he's a sodomite and he was working faithfully here in the church, the daddy was boy had been gone for years I didn't know what to say to him I never faced anything like that. I didn't know what to say to him. But thank God, he didn't quit. He stayed on the farm. He didn't quit. He didn't quit. I'm thinking now of a deacon in this church that had a son go to a very good Bible college, met a preacher's daughter. Wonderful girl. Wonderful, we thought. And, uh, but she had bad trouble. She had attitude trouble. And left him with a child raised by himself and I'll never forget deacon in this church saying to me my wife and I have talked about it we don't understand it we don't know why it happened all all we know is this right here we are not going to blame God and we're not going to give up and we're not going to quit and thank God they didn't I'm just saying uh, there'll be times when things don't work that's supposed to work Uh, I admit that there's a fine line between the free will of a child to do what they wish and this promise that says bring up a child in the way they should go and when they're old they'll not depart from it. I've I've had a hard time trying to draw the line there between those two great truths in the Bible. But I'll tell you this right now. All I know to say to you is this. When that comes which is unexplainable and that comes which you cannot hardly bear when it's so heavy on you that you think you will die don't sell the farm. Don't sell the farm, don't sell the farm. He didn't sell the farm. When your child leaves, don't sell the farm. When your wife leaves, don't sell the farm. I'm thinking, I'm sitting out here waiting on bus workers. One morning, I was telling Joseph today, we were talking, and uh, used to meet the buses out here. the starting at 6 o'clock of the morning, the first bus out. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and a bus captain comes in, looks like his last friend died, and he sat down. And I said, called his name. I said, boy, you look like you're having a hard morning. He said, well, I am. I said, uh, "Well, what's going wrong?" He said, "My wife left me last night." I said, "She left you?" He said, "Yeah, she." And by the way, she did leave and didn't come back. And they've been married for years. And I said, "Well, what are you doing here?" He said, "It's not the children's fault. It's not the little children's fault. It rode the bus." They didn't cause it. They didn't do it. They, they, they don't even have a daddy at home. And, and mama, she's off somewhere drinking on Saturday night. And they had to get up by themselves, some of them, this morning and get on the bus and come to church with no breakfast. It's not their fault that it happened. Why should I blame them? Oh, listen, don't sell the farm. Don't sell the farm. I'm thinking of a man here, a good man. And the uh, church promised him so much and gave him so little and in so many words, he left with a broken heart and came here years ago and is still here serving the Lord. I'm thinking of a man sitting in front of me now who years ago said, uh, it's so hard. He said, my wife, I, my ex-wife said, I, I, we pay child support. Said, I go down there and her live-in boyfriend laying on the couch. Beer sitting all over the end table. And he said, you know, he said, to think that I'm supporting that. To think that that. And he was so down. He couldn't breathe. He was so down. That he didn't want to live almost. But he didn't quit. Thank God. He was a bus captain. Kept going and going and going and going and going. I'm just saying don't sell the farm. Don't sell the farm. Uh, listen. It will tell you I can give you many reasons you ought not sell the farm. But well, let me just give you one. You need the farm. If your children don't need it, you do. If your wife leaves, don't you leave. You need the farm. If she didn't need the farm, you need the farm. When you're heartbroken, don't leave. Uh, I'm thinking of a pastor in California whose wife and three of their four children were killed in an accident. Instantly, he was pastoring a church. He just kept pastoring a church. He didn't sell the farm. These are difficult things. Talk comes cheap when it comes your turn to face something like that. I'm thinking about when you weary in the battle. Lester Roloff went to jail twice in Texas for doing nothing except helping little children. They had a boys' home and the drunkard's home, and he had the, uh, all kinds of ministries going. And they put him in jail because he wouldn't take a license. He said the license for bid certain things that I need to do to raise these children in the admonition of the Lord. And they put him in court in days and days in court. And it thrilled my heart when I heard that they had a break one morning. Their court lasted all morning. And he went out and sat down on the steps of the courthouse to take a deep breath. Brother Lester, he preached here, by the way. And um, the prosecuting attorney came out and sat down beside of him. He said, "He called him Brother Roloff. He said, Brother Roloff, this is hard on you, isn't it? And Brother Roloff said, yes, sir. Now, he's talking to the prosecuting attorney. He said, yes, sir, it is hard. He said, I wasn't made for the courtroom. I was made for the pulpit. I was made for helping people. And uh, he said, Brother Roloff, let me tell you what you do. If you will will take the license, any time you have a problem, I will come personally and defend you without, pay, without you paying anything. Anytime you, you take the license, anytime they infringe on any of your rights, you call me, I'll come. And Brother Roloff raised his head and he said, you're speaking dangerous words to a very weary man. But he grit his teeth and he looked at him and he said, I'll shovel coal in hell before I'll do it thank God he stood when he was weary and stood when he wanted to give up and stood when it seemed like there was no hope don't sell the farm I think about the people now that'll go to heaven because he took a stand like he did and the little girls out trying to prostitute and drugs and he got them off the street and got them saved and they're serving God around the country I meet some of them and they're pastor in churches the young men are and the young ladies are pastors wives he didn't sell the farm thank God he didn't sell the farm don't save the farm you need the farm nobody else needs the farm, you need the farm, you need the music, you need to serve the Lord, don't sell the farm. Here's another thing, don't quit the farm. Don't quit the farm. Here's uh, a daddy that never quit. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't fire the hands, he didn't say phooey, you can have it. If, if, listen, if I'm going to work this farm only to see my own children go to the devil, you can forget it. He didn't say that. He, he didn't fire the hands. He didn't get rid of the musical instruments. The farm went on. He didn't feel like it. You can, lose your, you can lose your vision for the farm. But just keep on anyway. Just keep on anyway. And why in the world would you not just quit anyhow? Why? Well, you still got one at home. You still got one at home. And it's not right to punish the one at home for what the evil one did. It's not right to take the farm away from the one that still needs the farm at home. It's not right. It's not right. Um, And not only that, but let me give you another one. Don't quit the farm. Matter of fact, step it up. Step it up. Let me show you what I mean. Look in verse 29. Here's what the son said that stayed home. He came home and found out a big party was thrown for the boy that wasted his substance with harlots and riotous living. And I want you to notice what the boy that stayed home said. Verse 29. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. Now stop right there and think about that. Can you imagine a young man saying, At no time, at no time did I ever... Not do anything you ask me to do. Not one time. Son, if you raise all seven of your children and, and they can say that, that'd be a miracle. Amen? That, that would be a miracle. I mean, that, that's a tall order. Uh, These many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make, make merry with my friends. Folks, that's a disgrace. That's a disgrace that you got to go out and live in sin, throw your life away with sorry, slutty women, come crawling back with the stench of sin on you before you get a party. That's a disgrace. It's a disgrace that that boy worked all the years he did, and not one time was there a special recognition for him. The boy's got a case. And the boy's got a good case. I, I mean, listen, uh, And as far as that goes, there's no record that the daddy ever had a party for the boy that left until he came back. There's no record that the daddy ever said, son, look, you just like your brother have served me all these good years. Now, I'm going to have a party for you. Oh, no, yeah, we're going to have a party. And we're going to celebrate, and I want you to know, and I want the whole world, you know, when he came home, that's my son, I want you to see my son. Why didn't he do that before the boy left? He might not have left. Why didn't he do that for the son that stayed home? You say, he had a bad attitude. Well, sure he did. You say, he was angry. Sure he was. Sometimes our children have a case. I mean, they just have a case. Why do we have to be jolted into our love? Why? I have a preacher friend, he told me this. He said, I was preaching the funeral of a, of, a, of a man. And he said, he wasn't a member of my church, but he said, I was called on to do the funeral and did. And he said, I was at the vi- funeral visitation. And said, his grown son, his grown married son came in and fell in the casket. And he said, Daddy, I didn't mean it. Daddy, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Daddy. What did he said? I don't know. But well, whatever it was, he couldn't bring it back. What should he have said before his daddy died? What should he have said? I walked into the home of a man whose daughter just committed suicide, 16 years old, killed herself with a gun. And I saw him walk to the floor and say, "Oh, she was an angel. She was an angel." Oh. We were so rich, she was an angel. I thought to myself, wonder if it made any difference if she had heard those words about two hours ago. <laughs> wonder if it made any difference. Oh, listen, I'm just simply saying, don't sell the farm. Don't sell the farm. Somebody, There's a boy at home who needs the farm. You know, it would be a wonderful thing if every Sunday school teacher that's sitting in front of me starting next Sunday would dismiss your class and say, okay, you can go now except Jane, a seven-year-old, a ten-year-old, even a fifteen-year-old, and say, Jane, uh, I need to see you after class. Scare half to death. You and I have some things to talk about. And all the class leaves and sat down with that girl look her in the eye and say, honey, I noticed you always bring your Bible. I've noticed you always pay attention. Others will talk, but you never look away. You bleed into my eyes everything I say. You never, miss, you never miss a word. Honey, I've been watching you. I notice you. You keep that up and you're going to amount to something in this world. You're one of the most precious girls in the world. And you may not know that what I've been thinking, but I'm telling you right now what I've been thinking. You're one special child. What a difference Why do we have to wait till somebody dies? Why do we have to wait till tears flow and we say, I'm thinking now of David when he heard that Absalom was dead. He walked up the latticework of the king's house and said, Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Would to God I had died for thee, oh, Absalom. Oh, Absalom, I'd have given my life. Look, he wouldn't even speak to the boy. Before that happened, he got hard and cold hearted. If you'd only said that before. The boy was trying to get to his daddy and he told Job, let me see my daddy. i got to go home and if there's anything worthy of death in me, let him kill me. But I've got to see my daddy. He wanted his daddy. Sure he had done wrong. Sure he had sinned. But he wanted to come home and he wanted to see his daddy. Wait a minute. What if that boy had heard his, if his daddy looked him up and said, son, i got to talk to you. And busted wide open with emotions and hugged him and said, son, I would give my life for you son you've done wrong but daddy forgives you I'd give my life for you wonder what would wonder made a difference I imagine don't you I would imagine uh, imagine that it would imagine that it would Joe I don't know if you do this or not you may already do this but every now and then you just all pull a church member in and say I, 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 I there's some things we need to talk about and just talk to them and thank him. you know what He's, he's bent that way. You see him recognizing Relton. By the way, Relton came here within three months after we started the church. That's been 46 years ago. It's not just 15 years on the bus. Man, that felt has been here since the flood, I'm telling you. And uh, been faithful all these good years. But you know what he's bent toward? Recognition and, and uh, having people up. And would you stand up? And, and here's a person that's been faithful. Never get tired of that. Look, people need that. You say, well, I don't need that. You're a Pharisee, if you say that. You do need that. We all need encouraging. Well, I'm I'm just not that type. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, you're that. You say, well, I'm just a staid person. I don't show much emotions. Well, I'll see you down to the funeral home. We'll see how you get along. We'll see you down to the funeral home when you stand there over everything. It meant something to you. And I'll listen to what you say. And then I'll think... Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if you'd have said that a week ago? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if you'd have said that before now? Don't quit the farm. Don't quit the farm. David's pride would not let him go to his son. You know what? If we, it, Sometimes we think it's weakness to show emotions and show love. It is not. It's strength. The shortest verse in the Word of God said Jesus wept. If the Son of God, the Creator of the universe, could stop and cry over people's heartaches and burdens and show love, surely we could. Surely we could. Don't sell the farm and don't quit the farm. Number three, don't close the farm. Don't close the farm. Look at verse 17 and 18. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? He didn't have any doubt about that. He knew. There was food on the table at home. He knew that, verse 18, and I'll arise and I'll go to my father and I'll say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Supposing the son had started toward home and as he started up that long hill, he looked and not only the gate was closed but vines Weeds had grown up all around the gate. There was silence. The stock was gone. The Cows didn't low anymore. The sheep was out of the pasture. The fields hadn't been turned. The house stood with the shingles hanging sideways. It's just like you'd left it. He didn't sell it. He didn't quit it. He just closed it. What if? When he started toward home, the gate had been closed. He had confidence the gate would not be closed. He said, "I will arise, and I'll go." He didn't say, "If if that is still there, if the music's still on, if 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 a job is still open up there, if he's still hiring people." He didn't say that. It never crossed his mind. He had confidence. He had confidence that when he got home, the gate would be open. I was preaching for uh, Virgil, uh, Kenny Graham. I was preaching for Kenny Graham, Benton, Arkansas, years ago. First time I've been with him. Many times, matter of fact, I was just with him here. We had to get together in Arkansas, and uh, but uh, Kenny said, "I want you to meet somebody." I said, "All right." And there's an elderly lady there, and I walked over. He said, "This is Miss Julian Pope." I said, "Mrs. Pope, I've heard so much about you, and I've heard about your husband." And he's in heaven now, isn't he? She said, Yes, he is. And uh, so I chatted with her a little bit and we walked away. I said, She's amazing. And he said, Yeah. And uh, I said, uh, He said, Brother Brown, could I tell you something? I said, Sure. He said, You know, her son didn't follow dad, didn't follow mom. And he went out and sinned. And said, That woman sat night after night holding her son's shoes and praying over his shoes, weeping, tears dropping in his shoes. And of course, you know who her son is now. I said, yeah, I know. Her son is the great Johnny Pope, great evangelist, pastors a church in Texas and preaches all over America, has preached here. Yeah. She didn't close the door. She wanted to sell the farm. She wanted to quit the farm. She wanted to close the farm, but she didn't. I'm thinking now of one of the sweetest stories I heard of a man whose daughter went wayward, went stone crazy, went out in sin. She was 18 years old and he was so burdened about it and he called a friend to get comfort. And here's what the friend said. Let me tell you something. Tracy is going to do what Tracy's going to do. And there's nothing you're going to do about it. And it's, it's wrong for you to keep beating yourself up over it. And it's wrong for you to uh, keep grieving about it. Just give her up. That's just, you, there's nothing you can do about it. And I'll never forget, he said, I will not give her up. I will not. He got to church together. He was pastor of a church. And he got to church together and had them praying. And uh, had a special prayer meeting. It seemed so hopeless. A week later, he was shaving up in the bathroom. And his wife came up and said, your daughter's standing down here in the living room crying wants to talk to you. He said, what? She said, your daughter's standing down here in the living room and she wants to talk to you. He said, you mean Tracy? I said, yeah. He went down with his face half-shaving cream. She busted out crying and said, Daddy, who was praying for me? Who was praying for me on Tuesday night? I want to know who was praying for me. She said, it's like I could see myself dropping off into hell. She said, it was so awful, Dad. It was so awful. And she was coming back to God. Don't sell the farm. Don't quit the farm. And don't close the farm. Don't close the farm. You know, my daddy ran away from home and he shot me. I'd been in the ministry here in this church for years before he told me about it. And he ran away from home when he was 15 years old, during the Great Depression, and he was depressed. <laughs> and he didn't run away in sin, and he didn't run away with a girl, and he didn't run, he just, he just, it was down at the bottom. And uh, d- my daddy said, we'd have starved death. We hadn't raised our own food. And, but anyway, daddy ran away, He jumped a train, did a very dangerous thing, and it was some guys on the train were hoodlums, and he was afraid they were going to kill him, so he jumped off the train, about killed himself and got to a town, and nothing working for him, but he got a letter from Aunt Daisy. Uh, Daisy Briggs, his, the oldest of the five. She just died a couple of years ago at age 99, and he got a letter from Aunt Daisy, uh, and uh, who was still then a teenager, and um, uh, here's what, I wish I had the letter, but here's what it said, James. Um, I hope this letter reaches you. I uh, just want you to know that Mama cries a lot, Daddy, don't say much. You can tell he's carrying a heavy burden. The old home place is not what it was, James, since you left. I'm just writing this letter to tell you we know we can't make decisions for you and we can't make you come home, but we just want you to know that we love you. And, and we hope and wish you would come home. Things are not the same around here without you, James. And I heard my daddy tell that when he broke down and cried. And daddy said that did it. That did it. He said somebody wanted me and somebody loved me and somebody still remembered me. And he said I was at my wits end anyway and I just came home. And you leave the door open for him. Leave the door open. Oh, don't sell the farm, don't quit the farm, and don't close the farm. I'm thinking now of the sweetest stories of a young lady, I won't get into the detail, a young lady that had been rejected by her daddy because she'd been out in sin. And he came out on the porch and told her to get off. And he said, don't you ever come to this place again. You've disgraced me. You've disgraced our family. You, you're, we are the talk of the town because of the wicked sins you committed. And she was, she, she didn't know what to do. And she left the house. And with no, she knew she couldn't go back into sin. She, she had her feel of it. She couldn't stand it anymore. And I, I heard the preacher who dealt with her told me, said, she said, I am nauseated at my own self. I'm, I'm putrid. I can't, I can't stand myself anymore. And I don't know what to do. She really, honestly, was on Suicide Row. That's where she was. And coming down the street, somebody invited her in the church and sat in the back of the church and heard the gospel. And um, didn't come forward with the invitation, but after it was over, she went forward and asked the preacher, do you think Jesus would save anybody like me? And he said, yeah, I think he would. And she said, what do I have to do? And the preacher said, well, he said, I was going to take her aside and sit down and show her the plan of salvation, but she was so urgent, said, just tell me now, what do I have to do? He said, well, the first thing you've got to do is tell the Lord you're a sinner. She jerked her, people still stand around in the auditorium, she jerked her head back and said, oh God, I'm a sinner, scared everybody to death, everybody jumped around, oh God, I'm a sinner, oh God. What do I do now? And the preacher said, uh, you know, it blew his mind. He said, I, I heard him tell. He said, I didn't know what to say to her. I said, well, well, tell him again. She said, God, I'm an awful, filthy, vile, wicked. She said, never heard such repentance in my life. And then he said, she said, what do I do now? I said, well, tell him, tell him to come into your heart and save you. Oh, God, come into my heart. And forgive me and save me. And stopped in the middle of her prayer. And a big old smile broke out on her face. She said, preacher, I think Jesus just saved me. He said, I think he did, too. <laughs> and she smiled, and she said, patted him on the cheek. She said, Preacher, can I hug your neck? And I heard this preacher say, Well, I told her, I, I don't usually hug women, but I'm an old man, and there's several people standing around watching this. So, can you hug me? Can you hug my neck? There ain't nobody on it. I guess you can. And she threw her arms around his neck and saw it like a little baby and pushed back and patted him on the cheek and said, Preacher, isn't it good to be saved? He said, Yes, ma'am, it's good to be saved. Aren't you glad the Lord never closes the door? Aren't you glad that this Scripture here says, When my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Acts 27, verse number 10. Aren't you glad for John 6.37, Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Aren't you glad for Acts chapter 2, verse 34? When he's talking about salvation, he said, The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And don't you love Isaiah 55, verse 1? Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. Uh, and he that hath no money, come ye and eat and, and, and get food without money and without price. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad? You know what? Don't close the door. Don't close the door. I love. I love the story. I've. Sh- I, I share a lot of my illustrations with your pastor. So if you hear them a second time, I'm not stealing them from him. He stole them from me. Did you get that? But anyway, I love the story of the old lady who was found at a courthouse. She had been in the courthouse during the weekday and she came out. She was elderly. She started down the steps and fell. She fell down several steps. It hurt her bad. She was in the hospital and they didn't think she would make it. And she wrote a note and gave it to nurses and doctors. And here's what the note said. My son, her son was wayward. She hadn't seen him in years, didn't know where he was. She knew he was in drink and she knew he was in sin, but she said, my son will come to this courthouse someday to find out something about me. And when you do, she gave it to the doctor and hospital. Later she said, when they do, when he does, you tell him that there was one who never gave up on him. Aren't you glad that there's one in heaven never gives up on us? Aren't you glad for that? And we ought never give up on those that we love. Ever, 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 ever. Always keep the door open. Don't sell the farm. Don't quit the farm. And don't close the farm. Let's pray. Father, what a wonderful thing to be in God's house tonight. And Lord Jesus, I'm so glad tonight that we don't have to quit. We don't have to quit. We can stay true. Why do we think we're so good as to not go through what others have gone through? Why do we think we deserve better than a broken heart? Our dear Lord Jesus, help us to never sell the farm. Lord, if nobody else needs the farm, we need the farm. We need the farm. We need the music. We need the preaching. We need the love. We need the fellowship. We need the encouragement. Help us, oh God, when tragedy strikes, when children leave, when spouses leave, or when we bury spouses, when we're brokenhearted, when we're weary in the battle, and when friends reject us, and when our sins plague us and haunt us, help us, oh God to not sell the farm and not quit the farm and not close the farm. In Jesus' name. You know, it's a wonderful thing when you preach, you have no, keep your heads about, you have no idea who you're talking to. I had a man come up to me on a parking lot since my wife had been married and he said this. He said, never know who you're preaching to, do you? I said, no sir, sometimes you don't. He said it. 21-year-old man raped my 13-year-old daughter last week. I've got the gun in the truck now. I've got an appointment with him on Tuesday. He thinks I'm going to be friendly to him, but I'm going to kill him. You never know who you're preaching to. You never know who you're preaching to. But I'm speaking to somebody here, and you're about ready to sell the farm. But if you don't sell it, you're thinking about quitting. And horror of horrors if you don't quit. You're thinking about just closing it. Don't do either one of the three. Darkest hour comes just before daylight. Don't give up on the brink of a miracle. Don't give up. Before it's the day. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Those that give up, give up just before victory comes. Our heads are bowed, and eyes are closed. I wonder how many are hearing you say, Pastor Brown, I needed that message. Pray for me. Well, fool, that. why should I ask you to raise your hands? If you needed the message, why don't you just get up out of your seat and come down here and pray at the altar? And if you don't need the message, tuck it away. You will need it someday. Amen. Why don't you stand? Make it easy for others that are already coming. Everybody stand, please. Will you come? God spoke to your heart. From the right to the left, from the back to the front, from the inside to the outside, let the Lord have his way in your life every day. There's no joy. There's no peace till the Lord. Don't sell the farm. Don't quit the farm. Don't close the farm. You need the farm. And besides, there's one at home needs the farm. And there's one out yonder somewhere that needs the farm. And you never know when somebody's going to come home. And when they come home, they ought to be able to sing that old song, Swing Wide the Gates, Dear Lord, I'm Coming Home. Wonderful. And if the gates have been closed on you tonight, somebody closed the gates, somebody sold the farm. Quit the farm or close the farm. I got good news for you. I can point you to one that will never give up on you. I can point you to one where the gates are always open, where he said, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Oh, yeah. Thank God for these. How about others? Will you come?
0: You need to be saved tonight. I encourage you to come. The door is still open, the Father's still standing and waiting to rejoice with you. All of heaven, the angels will sing if you'd get saved tonight. Don't close your commitment to Christ. Don't close your vision. Don't quit. Don't quit your relationship with God. Don't stop reading the Bible. Some of you used to read it through in a year. Some of you used to have a character time of prayer in the morning. Don't quit it. Don't close it. Blessings always come on the back of obedience. Just stay faithful. Keep the gate open. And be kind to others while you have an opportunity and chance before they go down that road. You'll keep them from going down that road. A great message, a great truth. You didn't need it tonight, tuck that one in your tool bag. Because there'll come a day where you'll dwell from that water that was served to us tonight. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you for truth. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for that story from the prodigal son. We thank you, Father, for the great testimony that you gave in a picture of you, the father, and we, the wayward. I pray that you'd help us to take that truth home and be doers of it. Give us fresh vision to go on and grow on, to raise our families for the Lord, to strengthen our walk with you, and to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Great message, wasn't it? Didn't want to miss that one right there. We each and every one of us needed it. Dana Bemis just was able to move back here. She was here for about a month, and now she's got a place and moved in on Friday. Thank you, many of you, for helping out along the way, getting her moved in. And she's come tonight to join this church. She's saved and baptized, and I, as a pastor, recommend her membership tonight. Do I see a member that would make a motion of that a second? Thank you. And thank you all in favor. Raise your right hand. Any opposed? show a like sign and it is unanimous miss diana and uh, i know we're in covid um, so we want to be careful about that but let's come by and get to know miss diana just give your first name she probably won't remember all the names but if you give your first name she's living here in washington what a wonderful testimony this lady has And I want you to befriend her and welcome her. Don't forget, 7 o'clock Wednesday night marriage retreat. We'll have a great time. Fellowship one with another. God bless you. Make sure that you thank our former pastor for that message. You're going to need it. God bless you. You are dismissed.